sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, October 23rd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here, giving you the edge on the grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at birth ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And we will also try to put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, at 2-4-1, and one, the Philadelphia Eagles stand in the catbird mm. seat of the NFC East because they've only got four losses and a tie has them in good shape. We'll see what happens in the rest of the NFC East. But the Philadelphia Eagles at home get the job done. The game goes under. They don't cover the number, but an Eagles fan don't care because they win 22-21. to Carson Wentz throws for 359 yards and two scores. Rushes in another one. Remember, we did Talk about that, Carson, once anytime touchdown score. And listen, Kev, you have said on this air, I see it on commercials all the time. At this point, you're cool with just rolling out the ball if Carson Wentz has anybody. He threw to eight different receivers for over 350 yards, and the Eagles get a important home division win. Yeah, this is going to be the game where my desire to be viewed as unbiased as possible will most likely uh, be put to its strongest test. (laughs) But luckily, luckily, I trust you to keep me honest. Um, So we'll see where it goes. I thought that was a great win. I really do. I know a lot of people, man, I'm like, oh, the NFC East is so ugly. I can't believe we all just watched that. Carson Wentz is out there with dudes that nobody's ever heard of. I mean, goodness gracious, man. That's the reality of it. The only guy from the top seven health-wise that entered was Deshaun Jackson. And in Deshaun Jackson fashion, and look, I don't say this like like it it upsets me so, but leaves the game injured. Richard Rodgers had the second most yardage he's ever had in a game, I believe, popping out as the third tight end. The Eagles so desperate in goal-to-go situations that they're throwing fave routes to the practice Tight end, John Hightower stepping up, becoming the first Eagles, I think, back-to-back rookie to have 50-yard receptions in back-to-back weeks. Greg Ward has his touchdown. The touchdown throw to Boston Scott. Oh, my, I almost passed out again. I mean, what a dime. An absolute dime. Would I prefer not to be down 21-10 at home to the New York Giants? Yeah, you better believe it. What was in game live like when you were down by 11 in the fourth? Miserable. Miserable. I tweeted out, miserable, simply miserable, and it was true. I mean, it was not a fun place to be. It was a bad show. And then things started to turn around as the Eagles, who were at one point plus 980, started to figure it out. Here is what I have said about the Eagles for a couple of weeks now. They are only going to get healthier. I think. 
Yeah. Here's though, if that ends up being true, that is the type of win that you can really use as genuine momentum. Nobody at home has to value it, but everybody in that locker room does. That's a hard-fought victory. A little bit of healthier, little bit of momentum and good vibes off of a tight division primetime win. That's how you start to turn the corner. Yep, uh, they do get a win, forcing the Giants to 1-6 and six as we welcome our radio audience from around the country, or from around the globe, quite frankly. And Kev, you know, you talk about Deshaun Jackson. He looked good in the first drive. The first two plays of the game go to him. Then he kind of goes away. But you're right. Listen, if the Eagles continue to get healthy, right, Just, uh, Dallas Goddard may be on the horizon as well next week for the Eagles. They may, in fact, be the best roster left in the NFC East. On the other side, Devontae Freeman gets banged out after only running for eight yards. He has an ankle um, issue, but don't worry about it because, remember, the leading rusher for the New York Giants entering this game and exiting this game was Daniel Jones, and he, you know, goes for 92 yards in total, including an 80 yard i don't know scamper run uh clumsy fall over himself you gotta love it though kev when like in the replay you see the linemen all the way back already with their arms up in the air or given the peace signal already and then he gets mm-hmm. caught by the sniper but hey danny dimes doing what he had to do through for two touchdowns though he did have the big pick there yeah, of course. Well, yeah. It bounced off Ingram's hands. You always know Daniel Jones is going to give you one so or two a that game. Interception. Always. That always going to give you one or two turnovers a game. Gave you a pick. Gave you a fumble to close the door. The Giants had a very interesting 21 points in this game. Um, <laughs> so they had a shot play to Golden Tate that worked out, right? Right. And that's the big like, play to that's take, great. The long you, run you, for Danny Jones. You, so that's the thing, though, right? But like, you yep. want the, the the shot plays in your offense, but like Golden Tate forty yard bombs is not a sustainable part of their offense. A goal to go drive set up by an eighty yard Daniel Jones keeper also not a sustainable part of their offense. It was so open because nobody in their right mind was expecting that. Teams now will at least at the minimum take another peek back to the other side. I mean, the the deep safety still ran into the pile of mud because he goes, there's no way Daniel Jones has it. So two fluky-ish drives. And then a 97-yard, beautiful, dominant touchdown drive just all over the place from the New York Giants who actually went over their team total. Yep. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about this game, the impact on the NFC East, and the impact on the rest of the games in Week 7. It's a football Friday. Lambo, the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody. We're right here to the early line. And, Kev, we need a commercial like that, right? Fire! The new Game Time Decisions commercial. Be sure to check them out. 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Gabe Morantine, of course, our friend of the show, the raging redhead Cam Stewart. You get all sorts of the edge here on SportsGrid, whether it is us, the morning after, FST, Game Time Decisions, Coast to Coast with Scotty Farrell, in-game live, and then in the weekend, our guys Mike Blewett and Joe Lisi on college football today fantasy game day with the crew joe pizapia the eric young and then of course you can get me mike blewett and ariel epstein all the way to kickoff on sunday mornings with pro football today giving you all the latest information what you need right before the ball kicks off but we did have the first game of week seven kevin your philadelphia eagles eke by Mm -hmm. with a one point division win which matters in the standings as they go to two four and one and kev listen they're two four and one we know that like on balance they're all below 500 yada 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 right all you need to do is win the division to get into the tournament and the philadelphia eagles kev you know deshaun jackson did come back right we don't know how long miles sanders will be out now that they have a mini buy before their next outing dallas goddard seems to be close deshaun jackson will have to see Alshon jeffrey will have to see lane johnson was in and out of the lineup last night as well but i want to ask you in this way kev they've got the Cowboys next week after the mini mm. buy on Sunday night at home. Then there is a buy, right? Then there is a buy. You got to hope that by week 10, when they see these same Giants who they just beat this time in New York, they will have. I think they'll have another one or two of their weapons. I think Goddard will be back by then. There's the potential for Jeffrey to be back by then. We don't know about Sanders. And listen, then at Cleveland, home for Seattle, at Green Bay, New Orleans, at Arizona, and at Dallas. There is a stretch there that I don't think is easy. I think has a lot of playoff teams when you look at Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. That's a tough stretch. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more whole by then. What do you think about the Eagles moving forward off of this mini-buy? Well, I think the big thing for them is they're off the mini-buy going to Dallas, and that's what matters. That's the game that matters. I mean, Sunday night. The more you look through these teams' schedule, you will go, okay, all that matters is the head-to-head. Neither team has played one another yet, and I mean that from Philly and Dallas. Um, If you're going to keep Washington in the mix, because by the way, let's just clear this up right now. Plus 850, plus 850, plus 850 is 16 to 1. It was never value. This team stinks. They're one and six. They were lucky to have the one win against a terrible Washington team. That dream is over. It was fun while it lasted. That's done. Washington, maybe if they beat the Cowboys this week, they get back in the mix. But this is usually a two a two horse race until one of those two teams can figure something out. I mean, it's just there's so many things that are so insane about the Giants and Washington, while the Eagles and Cowboys are having such horrendous years not being able to be like feel more viable than they are um as far as that philly schedule there's a couple of spots that luckily through roster reset i remember such Mm. as the saints are playing their third straight road game uh Ah. i think it's a decent scheduling spot when they see and i believe host seattle um there's just a couple of things that that might be able to work out in their favor if they are able 
to get healthier. There are two things I wanted to ask you on the Philly side. One might be an outrageous proposition. One, though, just genuinely need your opinion on. I played the Eagles team total over 13 and a half first half, over 24 and a half for the full game. A couple of losers, 0-2. It is what it is. They crossed the 15-yard line of the Giants three times and scored zero points. Multiple conversions where we didn't even get an extra point, let alone the two-point conversions. Each night I try and recap win or loss, and I tweeted this out, and I still mean this, and I can't figure out the answer. Were those terrible bets where I was betting on the offenses that is deprived of talent and you should count my lucky stars that even got this high? Or, you know, were those bets where the process was there and ultimately they just couldn't close the door on a couple of opportunities because I still kind of can't figure it out? Um, the latter. I think it's the latter, if anything. You know, listen, um, teams get into the red zone and don't score all the time. All right. I think that's where the loss of guys like Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz are huge. Right. Zach Ertz are where you look in the red zone. Dallas Goddard, where you look in the red zone. When those kind of players aren't there, I think it is compromised a little bit. Boston Scott had a nice effort, right? But a lot out of the backfield. He's not a large man that we're going to go to inside the 10. It's almost like Clyde Edwards Alaire on some level, right? To actually be able to punch it in in that way. If you also notice, they did a lot of Carson Wentz, you know, running the ball inside the 10 so i just think i i wouldn't put huge stock into them not being able to punch it in and having threes instead of sevens or not converting um i think some of times those things are flukely and a lot of it was because of some of the personnel that was gone some of the personnel they will be getting back in short order specifically dallas goddard specifically the likelihood of miles sanders hopefully being back after the mini buy i think they maybe just didn't have the horses to convert in the red zone that's why we saw carson wentz running a lot, but I don't know if that's like some kind of consistent trend that you would then change your handicap moving forward. Yeah, and that's just because, and it it works both ways, because the Eagles are a team whose next game is against the Cowboys, so that's an attractive team total, and then the Giants defense is a team that you'd like to pick on, so I was trying to kind of negotiate that space. The other proposition that might be outrageous, but I can't help but bring it up. Uh, the offensive rookie of the year market, Tua Tungavalova was fifty to one. And I'd said if yeah. Fitz gets benched, you have the opportunity to really find some value. Now I'm not going to tell you I was right. We 100% lucked into the benching. Fitz wasn't bad. They just had a plan. Nevertheless, uh-huh. at fifty to one is now plus eight fifty. He's the fourth choice. It is up to you as the better to negotiate that value. I'm not sure if somebody who took the 50 to 1 at the FanDuel Sportsbook has now a cash out option. I say that to say this Carson Wentz is 200 to 1 to win the MVP. Okay? Now, do I ultimately think that the Eagles are going to have a good enough record for him to win MVP? No, I don't. Do I think right. that him being priced on the same line as Amari Cooper is outrageous? Yeah. Him being priced below Mike Evans? Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Him being half or double Josh Jacobs, that makes absolutely no sense. And the one thing that Wentz has going for him, if we are going to treat this like a narrative award, is kind of the LeBron Cavs thing of, well, who's he throwing to? If they start to piece together results and they win the division, even if it's only nine wins, again, 
Do I think it's going to be a winning ticket? No, I do not. But do I think you will beat 200 to 1? Yeah, I feel pretty strongly about that. That's fine. I, 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 so I don't disagree with anything that you said, including the part of if you actually think it's a winning bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I can see mm-hmm. the universe where his performance and if the Eagles do win the division, that he will be down from 200 to 1, right? But do I ultimately think he will win the NFL MVP award? No. No, I do mm-hmm. not, right? So I think your point is valid and if you're playing it in the market of like the cash out but then again you're playing the same game right about like oh this could go down that we were playing with the giants and the washington like hey if this happens then value would be there and i agree if you play it out in that way value could be there for carson wentz i just don't think he gets all the way there because mm-hmm. even if they win the division in my opinion it would be at something like eight seven and one right and this would mm-hmm. still go to the narrative of you know the 12 and four team that is the one or two seed in the playoffs and their quarterback so will it go down from so i'll put your carson wentz mvp bet similar to the cincinnati bearcats winning the national championship right right go down from 200 to one yes does that mean that there is maybe some value Mm -hmm. to leverage and playoff yes do i think Mm -hmm. it will ultimately come home as a winning bet in itself in an absolute way no, I do not. We got to keep it moving, though, Kev, mm-hmm. because we got a football Friday. When we come back on the other side of the break, what we have to do is, listen, we got to look at the rest of the NFC East, right? Because, you know, Dallas could get their third win of the season and put the Eagles right back to half a game back. There is all sorts of other games to discuss. We've got game three of the World Series, and then tomorrow afternoon not night eastern time we've got a big old ufc event we got so much to break down and we'll do so when we come back on the early line sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody. And by everybody, we include our radio affiliates from everywhere, including the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. Thank you for waking up very early with us on the early line, Dane Martinez and my main man, Devin Walsh. Kev, we got to keep it moving to all these games here for week seven. But let's start in the NFC East to start, right? Because we've been talking about the kind of dumpster fire that this division is. Philly got their second win. The other two teams in the division with the potential to get to first place right in this division on Monday is Dallas going to Washington and you see the spread here the football team is a home dog by only a point the total is 46 listen the Dallas Cowboys have the worst defense in the league Kev they give up 36.3 points a game the team that is 31st in the league, Kev, is the Atlanta Falcons. They gave up 32 points a game. The Cowboys are worse than the second-worst team by a full four points in terms of their defense. But remember, we made a gentleman's bet on this, right? I was like, I don't know if the Giants have the horses to take advantage of it. I feel like a similar thing does the football team under Kyle Allen have the horses to take advantage of it. I ain't going to bet it because I I've learned my lesson, and here's another thing that may help the football team. It certainly helped the Giants when they were playing that Dallas Cowboys team. The 
I, I had to do a double take when I looked at this, Kev. Do you realize the Cowboys, through whatever it is, like six games, they are minus 12 on the turnover margin? Your Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles, Kev, your Eagles with Wentz leading the league and interceptions and all that stuff, they were minus seven in the turnover margin. They had turned the ball over uh, 12 times so far this season. The Cowboys have turned it over 15 times this season. So you got a piss-poor defense, the worst in the league, and because the offense is turning the ball over, this piss-poor defense has to deal with short fields. That's the way I could see Washington still putting up points. I know dynamic offense in Dallas, but it is under Andy Dalton. Can the Washington football team attack this Dallas defense? I just want to say, that is why this team was always down. Like, yeah, their defense is terrible, but the Dak stuff was hollow. Like, he was a part of the turnover shoes that was getting them down. Like, that was why there was confidence in Arizona. Because, like, the quarterback, like, it's just, the team is not good. They're not good. Remember how I said the Arizona game, though, was set up for either side to be an all-time I-told-you-so spot? Same exact thing here, right? Either, I can't believe Dallas, even if it's a point, we're road favorites against anybody that's not the Jets, right? The other side of it is, oh my goodness, like people were backing Washington on the money line against the Dallas Cowboys. It goes both ways. Here's where I land on it, though. The Cowboys' offensive line injuries to me now are very relevant. That is what started to shift and this is just really not the same team because you've got a big dip in quarterback play, a big dip in quality of offensive line up against the one thing that Washington can do with a healthy Chase Young is pressure the quarterback into mistakes. Now, Kyle Allen, we know we can do the same thing. Nobody was more excited about against Kyle Allen than yours truly. Luckily for him, he plays the worst defense in football, and he just has to not be abysmal, and they probably like fall backwards into 27 points. So I lean Washington here. I think the combination of putting pressure on Andy Dalton and the Cowboys defense being what it is, I'll roll Washington. All right. You know, listen, it's going to be hard to actually back a side in this one because I think they're so piss poor. One thing that is hopeful is that Ezekiel Elliott won't put the ball on the turf twice in this one. If they can control that turnover, that's why I bring up the turnover margin of minus 12, right? Like, I think if they don't give Washington more opportunities, I do think ultimately this offense led by Ezekiel Elliott, who averages 120 scrimmage yards a game against the Washington football team in his career may be enough to get it done. I see a lot of dinking and dunking out of Kyle Allen. Remember, I had J.D. McKissick as a diamond in the rough this week. Him and Antonio Gibson, the only pair of running back teammates to both have 15 or more receptions so far this year. So maybe the dinking and dunking will be live. We got some big-time AFC games, though, that we have to talk about as well, Kevin. One is the Kansas City Chiefs in a division matchup going to Denver to see the Broncos. They are road favorites by a full 9.5 points. 45.5 is the total. The Kansas City Chiefs, Kev, they're scoring like 29.2 points a game. 
That's ninth in the league. There's a lot of people saying that, like, Mahomes is not, like, in complete pure form. I disagree. I think they found a running game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire leads the NFL in scrimmage yards with 682 on the season, but he mm, can't mm, punch mm. it in either. Jeff. Really? So what do they do? He does. He leads the NFL That's with crazy. 682 scrimmage yards. That's, However, Kev, he is yeah. still running back 11 in fantasy to see because he has one yeah. touchdown on the season that hasn't been called back right and mm-hmm. there may be the addition of Le'Veon Bell into this elite fantasy herd this week what do you think the Chiefs look like with Lev Bell in tow tough to say I don't think they really need yeah. to force their hand there right I mean they can pick and choose their spots I mean clearly you just heard Clyde Edwards Alaire outside of you know putting it into the end zone it's been really good for this football team Um, laying nine and a half on the road with the Chiefs doesn't feel great. Short week, played Monday night. Here's my thing. Sometimes something you can do that's really beneficial is you can take a look at team totals and maybe it'll help you get where you need to be going. Mm. The Broncos team total is 17. I, I mean, last week they basically, by their skin and their teeth, got to 18 points, all by field goals. I just... I don't trust them to score enough. And the one thing that I'm going to try to be consistent on is when it's a tough spot, a lot of people go, ah, give me the points. That does translate to, ah, let me bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. No, thank you. It's a tough spot here. I struggle with it. I lean towards laying the number because it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know, I struggle to lay this number, though on the road in division, Kev. And I look at Denver, and yeah. I am not excited by Denver. Drew Lockstone for like less than 200 yards a game. They don't excite me, but they went to New England and won. You have mm-hmm. talked a lot of times about how they hung with Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then you add the divisional matchup to it. You add that, I does Denver maybe have a way to play Kansas City the same way as like nobody expected the Chargers, right, to hang with mm-hmm. Kansas City in that game. And for me, nine and a half is a big number. I would have loved it at less than a touchdown. I don't know if I like it at nine and a half. It seems like Denver always just does enough to hang around. Yeah. So I could see this being one when Kansas. I ain't saying Denver's going to win the game, but for me, nine sure. and a half is a big number. I don't know if I can lay that with the Chiefs on the road in division. Noah Fant, we have to find out if he's going to be okay. He's been limited back and forth in practice. He's definitely been a touchdown maker for this Denver offense. I don't know, Kev. I think nine is just, just, it smells like nine is too many. I just want to say six games for the Chiefs, four and two ATS, two losses. The AFC West. In terms of the in terms of ATS, yeah. so one so yeah. there's totally legs here to back Denver. Who quietly remember I was telling you I was going to kind of do the resume thing. I, I did it to myself. Yeah. It wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. But Denver would have been one of the more interesting points. Resume is better than you would think. They beating the Pats in New England plus right. hung with not only Pittsburgh but hung Tennessee, Tennessee in week, week one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They, they they actually might be better than we realize as health gets there. I actually kind of sell it, though. I just don't think their offense is there. They're just way too banged up for me. All right, fair enough. But the marquee game in the Mm. AFC this week is a battle of undefeated teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 5-0 travel to Tennessee 
at 5-0 and to take on the Titans. A lot of people are excited about this one. This one has gone back and forth. Right now, the Titans are small favorites at home. I got to tell you something, okay? This is the number two offense in the Titans at 32 points a game, up against the number four offense in the Steelers at 31 points a game. But for me, it is the Steelers' defense that is going to prove one way or another if they are, in fact, elite. You know, Kev, you have been wanting to see it, right, all the time, all year. I have been a believer in it, and I think it was a flag-planting performance last week against the Cleveland Browns to only allow seven. The question is, what will they do against Derrick Henry and the second-ranked offense in the league? You know I've talked about the impact of Devin Bush on one side, of Taylor Lewan on the other side. Kev, the Steelers are second in the NFL. They give up 66 yards a game. Does Derrick Henry uh, prove that to be irrelevant? Like, is King Henry that good? Or does Tennessee acknowledge this? And you know it, Kev. Is this more Ryan Tannehill supporting this offense? Can the Steelers stop the run in Derrick Henry? You ever watch Derrick Henry and think, how in the world did the NFL say, ah, we don't buy this guy? Like, do you ever, you ever think about that? Because it blows yeah, my mind. I've that, seen like that, Brandon Jacobs before not be able to do that. Like it's odd that this kind of back, like he, but he won the Heisman. Has, like yeah. there's yeah. just, I'm just like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that just kind of like it was a little bit before all we cared about was running backs catching the football. Like we weren't there yeah. yet. Running backs were still going high in drafts. Like it's just, it, it's one of those things that sometimes as I'm watching him embarrass defenders, like I can't believe that's what happened. Um, we'll probably have to pick this up a little bit on the other side. So I'll yeah. just make this point very quickly. This week I was, you know, scrolling the internet and I heard a respected uh, football podcast beg the question, is Ryan Panahill a top five quarterback in the NFL? Top five! Wow. Top five! Listen, even if the answer is no. It has been since he's taken over. I've seen his stats even up against Patrick Mahomes. This is a team that went to the AFC Championship game. we got to give this team and that man his due. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, putting the fun and functional sports content on the grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, this is another game where these undefeated teams, you would not, you know, it makes sense. You know, the Steelers plus five in the turnover margin. The the Titans plus six in the turnover margin, right? That smiles upon them. We'll see which one of them can get that luck because it may be a mistake with these two big-time offenses. You don't want to give another another, uh, attempt, right, at one of these offenses that have been scoring at over 30 points a game. I want to ask you about the kid Chase Claypool real quick, Kev, who has been a revelation over the last couple of weeks. He's obviously been bananas. Ben Roethlisberger is trusting him. You see his commercial with us on the Pat McAfee uh, show on this network. But Deontay Johnson comes back um, this week, and now they're going to have the full complement, right, of Dio, Claypool, Juju, the back Connor who's staying healthy and running well, even a James Washington, even an Eric Ebron. This almost looks to me, Kev, maybe not to the same extent, but the same kind of elite fantasy herd that we see in Kansas City, 
right? And Big Ben had the controls, a veteran who knows where to go with it. He's going to find the matchups, Kev. Yeah, no, look, they, they've got multiple guys producing right now. Uh, I'm curious to hear how uh, you think managers should be navigating this team. I, I just want to make yeah. this point with this game here. The Titans opened as favorites, then were bet down to where the Steelers were laying two and a half points. And now we enter today, and we've got the Titans laying a point and a half. I am going to be fascinated to see where this line finishes. That is a, a bunch of movement that you don't typically okay. see. Favorite cross the dog back to favorite. And I'll just tell you, my plan with this game is to play about a half a unit on Tennessee. And if we win... Excellent, and we'll roll it over into next week's game when the Steelers play the Ravens. Look-ahead line is five and a half. And if we lose, I will be doubling up and looking to make my money back with the Baltimore Ravens, possibly mm. on a discounted line. I actually quietly might even be rooting for the Steelers to get the discounted line against the Ravens. That's my mm. plan for this game, but I'm not betting it now. No way, no how. I'm going to wait and see where this thing closes. If it, by the way, got to like a flat three, I'll probably back the whole way off. But anything around this money line range here, I'll, I'll likely roll Titans um, and then right. roll over or, or however I want to approach yeah. it in week eight. All right, fair enough. Listen, we also got to remember there's going to be prop bets out. I may even take a gander at what that Derrick Henry number is because I know the Steelers in that number two run defense are going to consider a job number one to stop King Henry. Another big time game. We got a couple of interconference games this week that I find yeah. very interesting. And the first one we'll talk about because it has moved is Tampa Bay, we think, going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. This game has moved to the afternoon slate from Sunday night football. And the reason the NFL made that switch is to protect the idea that there will be a Sunday night game on NBC. You know the story already. Trent Brown and the entire offensive line of the Vegas Raiders sent home. They're going to be put on the COVID list. Jonathan Abram, the young safety as well. This brings up so many questions for me like will this game happen um and then if so kev the tampa bay buccaneers are number one in the nfl giving up 282 yards a game number one in the nfl giving up only 64 rushing yards a game now their opponent is gonna have you know a compromised and backup offensive line Ch tell me why i don't fade josh jacobs and this raiders offense if the game is played no, I, I well, the answer would be the, the offensive linemen are somehow back, right? I, I don't understand really why it's necessary to post this line. It, it begs the question, does the sports book know uh, more than us, which is all of the time uh, a situation that we see play out? It was a flat three. It is now four and a half. Those are significant numbers. I don't think the book probably has ever had to handicap yeah. a one-week full line change of offensive linemen, yep. and I'm not sure how they wanted to navigate it. But let me say this. In sports, we see sometimes a key player miss be missing. The line is inflated, and it doesn't matter for that first game. I will be cautious on this one. I'm not sure that can really play out when if you're going to miss that much offensive line talent. The total is 52-and-a-half. Right now, my intention, if we see this game on the slate Sunday, will just be to take the Raiders' team total under the number. They're playing a great defense regardless. regardless the offensive right. line injuries are there. 
Under 24 is where we're at. I'll look to play it under that number. and Because even if there's lack of practice time, that, and that's, I think, the, the safest way to find value, but also play on the situation in this football game. No, I agree with you, Kevin. Listen, can we give some love in Tampa? Everyone's talking about Tom Brady, right? The wide receivers. Oh, my goodness. Can we give some love to two other elements of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? One being their defense under Todd Bowles. That is literally number one in the NFL. If Tampa's packing this kind of defense, and as I've always said, Tom Brady can be an elite game manager and know when it's fourth down, this Tampa Bay Bucs team is very, very dangerous. The other part of this, Kev, is their running game. Free Rojo. Big shout out to Chris Venture here. You know, Ronald Jones is one of only three backs who have multiple hundred yard games this season. James Conner and King Henry being the only other ones, right? Guys actually getting to the century mark on the ground. Rojo is one of the few who is doing it. Let's move to another game here, Kev. This another one of these interconference games where I'm excited to see what these teams look like. This is a big matchup. The San Francisco 49ers travel across the country oh. to see the New England Patriots. This is a huge game for these teams. The Niners are at 500. The Pats are under 500. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in we still have questions on if he's good or not but guess what bill belichick probably knows the answer to that and how to potentially stifle this team which of these two teams do you think is able to kind of bounce back and get themselves in that you know second tier in their conference kev so i know where i want to go so i ask you if you can to go yeah. first because i kind of want to see what you have to say because i've got some conviction on this game you have conviction on this game. That is interesting to me. Um, I, lean, I lean San Francisco. And the reason I do that is because when I saw last week Jimmy Garoppolo, um, it's not because of his ankle or anything like that. It's because of George Kittle and Debo Samuel and what these guys can do, like with the little pop passes and Kittle as a tight end. I think if these guys get back into it, they will have the weapons and be more of the herd and can have their style of play, which is, I think, fundamentally based on the Shanahan scheme. And what I'm seeing in, the, in New England is that this Patriots defense – there is no Jamie Collins. There is no Kyle Van Noy. You know, there is no Dante Hightower. There is no Patrick Chung. I think what we are starting to see is that, you know, Bill Belichick has masked that this roster has not been amazing for years. And I think that is starting to come home to roost. The only cause for pause I have on that is does Cam Newton get stronger and stronger as he recovers from COVID and is able to do more at the quarterback position? But Eileen San Fran here, I think they are starting to get back because like Philadelphia, there's more in the tank as they get healthier and healthier. So I see it totally the other way. I okay. think this one's one of the best buy low spots of the season. I think the Pats laying under a field goal is incredible. This is the okay. number that the Rams were laying last week to the Niners in San Francisco. Think about that. That is That means that we've seen multiple overreactions. So hopefully, as a batter, you're able to take advantage of both of those overreactions, right? 
The, the Rams going all the way to three three and a half point favorites that they were at one point in that game. Clearly not where that number should have gone. Niners get right. Niners get a big win in prime time over a division foe. They now travel west to east, right? Albeit a four o'clock start. So how that works with the body clock, to be honest with you, I don't know. But they still come west to east they to do. play one of the smartest minds in football who's got a uh, familiarity with Kyle Shanahan, we know that, right? The Super Bowl, all yeah. that. Knows Jimmy Garoppolo very well. And, listen, we always talk about it. He will be able to key in on George Kittle. I think Cam has a very, very good game here. Okay. And I think the under-the-field-goal number is an absolute gift. It is my favorite bet on the board. I really love the Patriots this week against the Niners to cover the two-and-a-half. Question, what if it's not two and a half? What if it moves? We talk about the game, watch for the hook. Do you like it even if yep. it gets to three or more? If it gets to a flat three, uh, I will still play it. If it gets to three and a half, I'll be annoyed, ultimately, mm -hmm. because I could have had a better number. Luckily for me, right now, the minus 115 sits at plus two and a half. It doesn't look like that's the direction we're trending. Okay, fair enough. You know, we will see. Let's put it this way, Kev. Imagine the narrative around the loser of this game, right? We're going to start to believe that the loser yeah. of this game is a little bit further away than they appeared from actually being a contender. And we'll look at that. The last of these kind of interconference matchups that I think is very interesting is the Green Bay Packers. Off of their first loss of the season going to Houston, the Texans are home dogs, three and a half, 56. Seven is the total in this one. The Green Bay Packers are third in the NFL, even after their kind of outing in Tampa where they only put up like 10 points. They're still scoring 32 a game, Kev. They're still mm -hmm. third in the NFL, right? And this Texans defense is last in the NFL in terms of giving up yards at 423 a game, in terms of giving up 177 yards on the ground in this one, right? So maybe Aaron Jones can get back up on the good foot. This defense has been piss poor, and now you got a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers coming in off their bad offensive performance. It is back-to-back -back road games, but a much easier task, right, going from facing the best defense in the NFL to the worst defense in the NFL. Do you think Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers get back on the good foot in this one in Houston? I am struggling with this game quite a bit. Uh, last okay. year, the Packers lost three games. They were a perfect 3-0 ATS as well as straight up off of those losses. I would like to think the numbers show some value on the Texans getting 3.5 in their own building, but sometimes value be damned. Do I think the Houston Texans who sit there at 1-5 are going to win this game? No, I don't. Okay, so do I really think then... That where a total is 57, right? I'm relying on the three-point margin of victory. Like, it could easily be a 14-point lead. You know what I mean? Like, it's because there's going to be yeah. points, 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 points. I don't trust the Texans to stop anybody. I, I don't think I'm getting a good number on Green Bay at three and a half. Right? I, I really yeah. don't. Like, I think two and a half is the number where... I offer you the same conviction that I'm giving you on the Pats. That's not the number. 
And that might be enough to get me ultimately to maybe not put the physical dollar down on it. Comparable to the Chiefs, though, this past Monday against the Buffalo Bills. I didn't think I was getting value, but I thought the Chiefs would cover. I don't think I'm getting value on Green Bay, but I do think they go out there and win this game and cover this number. Okay, I got to tell you the truth. I'm nervous about this one for Green Bay. Uh, You know, every good team has a weird place in the season where they have a little bit of a lull, you know, and I'm worried that this is that place for the Green Bay Packers. Back-to-back road games, they should win. Everyone is expecting them to bounce all the way back. Houston's been a little bit better. I I think they could win this game. I I think it could be closer than you think. And if Green Bay scores a ton, I'll be on all the Deshaun Watson props. I think he's an interesting DFS play, and he's an interesting stack coming back in this game, again, with 57 as a total. I think Deshaun goes over 300. I think Deshaun throws for two-plus touchdowns. So think about that in a game that a lot of people are going to stack. We got plenty more games to cover Mm -hmm. on a football Friday going into week seven. Come on right back to the early line after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. It is a football Friday and a jam-packed show. So even before we hit the top of the hour, let's talk about one more game that I don't think is at the head of the marquee. You know what I mean, Kev? We got the Lions going to Atlanta to see the Falcons and a team, a batchup of NFC teams that are both under 500 and both have longtime veteran quarterbacks who, if these teams completely defecate the mattress, may have to revisit what they're doing at starting quarterback moving forward. There's also the emergence of DeAndre Swift as the rookie running back for the Detroit Lions. Do you think his ascension continues, Kev? Or, you know, they go right back to Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson in the run game. <laughs> Look, I, I think ultimately they should use him more. They, I mean, they didn't really use him a ton last week. He just was really good in the usage he, he got. Off, yeah. Here's the thing about this game, Dane. Here, here's really all I care about is the total. Okay, and then how it might pertain to maybe a DFS lineup. Okay, it's 54 and a half. Do I need the Falcons to play from the front to get over this number? Because I'm starting to think that's the case. The two wins on the season for the Lions under both all three games they lost over. So Julio's back. Atlanta looked much better last week. I still don't trust the Lions' defense. If this game is going to be high scoring to get over the number, I think Atlanta has to play from the top. Do I trust them to do that? I don't know. It's a tough game for me. I'll tell you, though, built for in-game betting. Just Mm. absolutely built for it. You get either team catching over seven, love it. Honestly, you might be able to get both sides here, maybe getting four and a half. I think that'd be fantastic. I just, I worry though, because if the Lions can jump out to a lead like they have in every single game, they like to slow things down and it becomes difficult then to get over numbers. 
Yeah, I hear you, but I, I sort of think this could be a back-and-forth kind of thing, regardless of who gets, because they're bad defenses, Kev. These are two bottom-five yeah. defenses that give up almost 30 points a game. What I will say, I'm going to be very intrigued to see what the touchdown prop is for T. Jay Hawkinson. It seems like they force feed that man in the red zone. If it's around 150, I will lay it because he has caught a touchdown path in three straight. He'll be looking for his fourth in a row doing that. When we come back, hour number two, more football to cover. UFC 254, the World Series. Come on back for all of that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 